This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 534 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, March 22nd. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on, man? We're like a week away from like real baseball games being played. Justin, we're less than 12, fewer than 12 hours, less than 12 hours, fewer than 12 hours away from the start of MLB The Show. Oh. It's tonight, 11, 11 Central, and... I'm ecstatic. I'm absolutely ecstatic. And then, as you mentioned, games will be. I mean, that, that's gonna, that's going to carry me to the finish line to get ready for games. This this final week won't be as agonizing because I'll have MLB the show to to tide me over as we wait for uh, as we wait for real baseball to start. So it's all happening. It's all happening. A couple more drafts. Um, if you're if you're a March Madness fan, that fires back up tonight. This is a great time of year, Justin. It really is. I got my Barf League draft this Saturday, so that's awesome. I, I know can't that wait. You started that what this year three or four? This is year three. I'm the reigning champ. I, I, mean, I, I literally went wire to wire last year. I don't think I was in second place after like the second week of second week of April. Hot damn! So that's no joke. Yeah, no. I mean. I uh, I trounce those fools, and I hope I hope they're all listening. So, oh, those <laughs> clowns! Those clowns are getting smoked again this year. Let's just be real. Yeah, got the fourth pick, so you know it's either Arenado or uh, or Trey Turner. Um, okay, so it's uh, it's it's looking pretty good again for a repeat. I like it. So it's a it's a restart league, so they can't be saying, "Oh, you had you had too good of keepers." Nah, nah, just just talent. That's all it is. Just sheer talent and excellence. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to talk about a couple things today. Uh, we're going to start by talking about some ADP movers based on the NFBC, but they're probably moving up in your drafts as well. So figure uh, the numbers may be different within home leagues, but these are the guys that are moving up and down. Most drastically, we use two different uh, points here. We started March 1st to the 14th versus this past weekend, or past week, I should say, the 15th through the 22nd. So... Um, that encompasses all the uh, main events from the past weekend and a bunch of drafts that that have kind of the latest and greatest news. And so uh, we're just going to start with a lot of those movers. Then we're going to talk about my NFBC main event team, and I'm going to let you eviscerate it. Let us know what we have to work on. I'm sure we'll see it uh, similarly, but I'm definitely interested to hear from a, a different set of eyes, a less invested set of eyes. Obviously, uh, 
I'm looking at the uh, the rose colored version of a lot of these players, and you're going to have that cold hard uh, bucket of water to, to to drop on me and say, no, 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 that's not coming through. You should have drafted Kyle Gibson. I know you're going to say that at some <laughs> point. Uh, let's start with Kyle Gibson. He's not the highest mover, but he but he is moving up there. 31 points right now. 31 spots up to an average pick of of 412. So he's still very cheap, but he is on the rise. You're a big believer. Uh, you're not alone. But uh, it's a small group. You guys aren't riding a full train, that's for sure. You're like, you're like when the train goes by and there's like two cars. It's like the 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 the, the front car. It's carrying just like one one load there, just like one car of probably manure that this train is carrying because I don't see it with Kyle Gibson. I've just been on this train a million times. I think that's my my issue. Yes, there were changes last year, but I'm nervous. What's up with Kyle Gibson and why are you drafting him? I mean, after he, you know, kind of changed his positioning on the rubber, uh, changed his arm slot a little bit, he, he was fantastic, and he looks really good this spring. Now, like you said, I've fallen for this before. So, uh, it's, we, we, most of us have. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I was on board last year. He was part of my bold predictions uh, piece, one of the few, uh, few ones that came through. Uh, have you done yours yet this year, by the way? I have not. I've got yeah, yeah, mine are going later today. So yeah, I'll get mine out next week. There's, you know, it's the week before the start of the season. There's not a whole lot to really delve into as most people finish up their drafts well, this weekend. So and I, I think a major thing with with I think both of ours is they're going to focus on the guys. You, you already know who, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, let, let's be real. There's going to be an Ozzy Albie's one in mind because duh, I think it'd be messed up if i didn't have one like the point of the the bold predictions is to kind of plant your flag on some different players and say like this is what i think is going to happen and it's not the highest probability it's like hey if this breakout happens the way i expect this is the number these are the numbers that i'm looking at if this if this fall off happens as i expect this is what what could happen you know um There'll Another be a time. Bradley Zimmer and a uh, of Chris, Chris Stratton. Stratton the Cy Young. Yeah. yeah, there'll yeah. be there'll yeah. be something crazy <laughs> in it. Um, you know, I, I'm just I, I forgot to review my bold predictions and I'm uh, from last year and I'm uh, I'm looking over them right now and I'm like, Damn. it's usually best if you don't because because it can be scary. I don't know, man. I don't get me wrong. I, I missed on a lot of them, but Dansby Swanson not being a top twenty-seven shortstop. Boom. And again, here's the thing: people have to, you know, get their mind frame back into last year, mm-hmm. because now that seems so obvious, right? That's so easy. Um, that, that that it's so easy to say, hey, th- this 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 is a garbage player now. Um, are you coming back around on Dansby at all, though, now that he's dirt cheap? Do you say, hey, maybe now I would take a shot on some development, or are you still flat out? I think if you're looking for a guy who could be Joe Panic without the average. Okay. You know, so that's, he's like, he's a compiler. A sweet, what a sweet player. Yeah. Wow. Where wow? Where can I get that amazing player? So like, NL only like a couple you, bucks. Like Joe Panic minus the thing that Joe Panic does well. Oh, sweet! Yes, let me get that. This this uh, is the problem with like prospects is 
uh, and when when people who are playing fantasy go and delve into like you know baseball Americas, like you know top hundred prospects, and they go, oh man, this guy's supposed to be a stud. He was a one one pick. He's you know top fantasy prospect or you know top ten fantasy prospect. You know. No, he he was never supposed to be an offensive juggernaut. He was supposed to be polished um, and the cornerstone of a franchise that because he could play good defense and yes, at the toughest position. Yeah, like this was you know people just they they looked at his ranking on sites like that and you know just kept pumping him up. And I think the trade really influenced people because everybody kept talking yes. about oh how awful this trade is for the Diamondbacks. Oh, they're getting Dansby Swanson. Like you know, this is not a guy. You know, you go and look at like the uh, the the scouting reports on his uh, player page. Like fifty raw power, woohoo! Like hooray! You know, at peak, at peak, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. You know, that we're talking about developing into that. And again, you you were on it all last year. You 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 were not uh, you, you were not putting up with with that with that madness, and so it panned out. Uh, that that was a good one. I actually had uh, one really good one last year too. Marcelo Zuna coming through for me. Appreciated that. Might have been a year early on Delano De Shields. Uh, I had him as the the 2017 version of 2016 Jonathan VR. Mm. And now let's just transition. Let's, I just jumped on that segue real quick. Since since I'm on the segue, why don't you hop on? We'll dual segue this over to. Um, to Delano DeShields as a giant mover right now. He is actually moving uh, even more than Kyle Gibson, up 33 picks to pick 159. And I'm not even entirely sure that that's that accurate of, of an outlook of what you're going to have to pay this weekend because I think he was at an average ADP uh, – wait, that's redundant uh, – at an ADP of like 127 over the weekend in the main events. That big speed and guaranteed spot for Delano DeShields have got him going – Big time right now. Uh, well, yeah, 127 ADP in main events the past weekend. Are you buying the dentist, a.k.a. Delano DeShields? Man, this is really, really hard for me because uh, I have been very critical of DeShields in the past. Uh, he, oh, God, yeah. His, his ADP for main event in the last week is 127. Yep. So um, I've been very critical because I think long term – he is a fourth outfielder type. Really? Yeah, and I and I, I said that was it 2015 or 2000 was it maybe it was last year coming in last year I said that, um, and people or no coming in 2016 I said it uh, when everybody was getting all hyped on him and uh, you know he just I don't think he's ever going to be uh, a superstar now in, in fantasy, he can be because he's got that speed and like, he's got a place to play. So this year I actually like him, uh, especially considering where he's going now, if it keeps moving up towards like that one twenty seven, one thirty mark, yeah. that that's a bit rough. Cause I don't know People how much for that speed. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think he's got a particularly great hit tool. I don't, I just, you know, I think the batting at, we could see the batting average crater, uh, like we did uh, in 2016, uh, and if he's not getting on base, that's a problem. At least he walks. He walked 10 percent of the time last year. That's what I've always liked. So I mean, he's not like he's not like Billy Hamilton. Like doesn't walk. Well, the Walt Hamilton walks more than he used to. Um, you know, but I think you're pretty. I think 25 stolen bases is a pretty safe. 
mark, and I think he's got the upside of 40 to 50. Yeah. If, I can like, see 50 if things break. You know, I just, you know, the Babbitt last year, and the Babbitt's not end-all, be-all. Babbitt was 358 last year. Like, mm-hmm. that 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 feels like it's coming down. Um, I'm looking at some of the projection systems. I love how we have all these projection systems now on see, the I like pages. it. I, there was a complaint, like, oh, there's too many now. It's like, well, you get a lot of different voices, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I think it, I yes, like having Derek Cardi's on there. Yes, and ATC from from Ariel Cohen, mm-hmm. uh, depth charts and steamer, fans, and then zips, and of course fans is usually the rosiest. Um, which, which <laughs> but it's always it's always surprising when it's not right because the expectation is that okay fans are going to be having the, that rosy outlook. If you're going to take time to do it, you probably like the player, so that that has that bias built in. When you're like, oh, I like Dionysus Shields. Let me put in a nice little projection for him. And I, then I want to see the Max and Min projections on those fans ones. You know, yeah, like so we, do I. <laughs> we get to see the Max so and Min on I. the NFPC ADP, but like I, I want to see the person that puts in 30 home runs for Dionysus Shields. You see me out here. You see me out here putting in 15 homers and 60 steals. Like Spore, you're inflating the damn fan. Come on, man. The Shields <laughs> is not going to go 1560. I don't know, man. He could. I'm just saying. I mean, like, I could, I could, I, I don't get the double-digit home runs that you see from the bat and you see from depth see, chart. I do, though. And that's one thing I've always felt with him is that there's some latent power there. It doesn't show up in, like, the ISOs, but um, he doesn't have a huge homer. He, you know, he's never really had a huge homer to fly ball rate at 7% last year and still pops six homers. We get that to average. Like, just I just think he can steal ten homers over the full season, and and seriously go ten fifty. I, I really like him. Donaldson Shields uh, Jr. Somebody I definitely like. I've been kind of trying to will a breakout into existence. In fact, I said those exact words in a like sleeper piece um, back in February that included him when he when the Shields was available at pick two twelve. And so, LOL at that anymore. Hopefully, you bought in at that point because now it's not happening. The the thing he has in his favor this year that he hasn't had in previous seasons with the Rangers is there's no one else to play center. Playing time, yep. Yeah. Carlos Gomez is gone. Um, I don't even know what they have in, in the minor leagues in terms of uh, – they've got Carlos Tachi, uh, who's a real rule five, so I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why they've got him on in the minors. He's obviously oh no, that's a major league rule five. Yeah, he he's got to be in the majors if if they're going to keep him. Um, and I can't imagine that they keep. Well, I guess they have to keep Profar on the roster because he's out of options. So he's out of options. So maybe Rua. Yeah, Rua gets it. Rua has an option left. Yeah, but or they, Drew need, they, they need Rua on the major league club as a platoon partner. Um, so maybe they need to, yeah, they, they need to drop one of these a million relievers they've got on the roster. So, uh, but I, I don't think that Taki is a, a legitimate, you know, threat at playing time for DeShields, even if he is up. No. Um, so I think DeShields, as long as he's healthy, will get to 600 plate appearances and with 600 plate appearances, he could easily steal 30 bags even if he's awful. Um, and the fact that he is going to be leading off to start the year, yeah. again, I don't know that that necessarily sticks. I don't know that he, even in spite of the fact that he's speedy, that he's really a prototypical leadoff guy. Um, but uh, there's no reason to think that, you know, that, that 
that rotation and bullpen is awful, that lineup's really good. So if he's leading off, like I'm okay with the top 150 pick on okay. Delino to Shields. Okay, so you're not you're not fully out uh, despite the big move here, and we'll see how home leagues react, right? Mm-hmm. If you kind of get yourself in a frame of mind uh, of of these NFBC leagues, you'll probably wind up paying a little bit less in home leagues as a general rule. And that way you can say, oh, I'm comfortable at 159, which is where the Shields is going right now. And then, oh, my home league is paying 180. Cool. So, you know, you don't have to just jump and say, oh, it's 159 NFBC. Well, I better I better drop a 120 pick in, in my league. Like, I don't think you have to jump that. I think at, at most I would I would adhere to these and maybe even expect a little bit less because it just don't always. And, but, you know, your home league better than than we do right if you if your home league is nfbc you have some nfbc players and they're going to be well in tune with this then you know to change i happen to play in a home league where i think half the league doesn't know what the nfbc is Mm -hmm. and so they're not going to give two craps about the movers and shakers of nfbc and they're they're sharp guys they're going to know the good players they're going to know not to take the line of the shields at pick 200 but i also don't think i have to pay 159 I think 170 will be perfectly fine. So I, I like the depth charge projections for him. 246, 329, 356, 10 homers, 37 stolen bases. But 84 runs, which, you know, I mean, that's that's a nice, you know, boost. A nice player right you, there. You got you to gotta make up for the average somewhere, but uh, if you do that towards the top of your draft, then you should be fine. I agree. So I, I'm in on, on the shields and... I'm going to get this damn dentist thing to happen with the nickname. Do you, do you get that nickname? I do not. DDS, Delano DeShields. I, I the, like that, actually. And and the dentist, that's that, that's their, what, what uh, doctor of, I don't know, what's DDS actually stand for? Doctor of Dentistry Sciences? Some, some schniz like that. Doctor of Dental Surgery. I was close. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he's the dentist. Stop with any other BS on his nicknames. It's the dentist. <laughs> Snacks. Tweet it to him. Papa. That's what it says on uh, baseball reference. Snacks and Papa. F out of here with that noise. His nickname is the dentist. Let's make this happen. Hashtag the dentist. When he steals 50 bases, everyone's going to be calling him the dentist, and everyone's going to be loving to take trips to the dentist. Let's go. Dominic Leone is next. He's actually the biggest mover that we've got here. 79 picks. And this is for those that are unaware, and I know not every one of you is going to actually know who that is right now. If you don't, if, especially if you play in shallower leagues, you really only need to know kind of the upper crust of catchers, you, or catchers, closers, I should say. So you might be, uh, you might have put the St. Louis Cardinals situation to the side and said, "Yeah, that's probably going to be Luke Gregerson," but I don't care about it. I'm, I'm in ten team. I'm only going to draft the stud closers, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But you need to know what's going on in every bullpen. And right now that bullpen's wide open in St. Louis. And they're actually saying, I think right now we're probably not going to have an actual closer going into the season. Gregerson a little nicked up. Dominic Leone. Leone, right? Mm-hmm. I think we so. We decide Leone? Okay, yeah, we're, yeah, we're going we, with it. Yeah, we discussed uh, off offline there if it was Leone or Leone. And we're deci- we've decided Leone. And if it's otherwise, let us know. But we're, we're going Leone here. Uh, and Tyler Lyons, or is it Leone's? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that that one's definitely Lions. Uh, they're all gonna get they're all gonna get looks. Now Lions is the lefty, so if there's a big lefty contingent in the ninth inning, you could see him getting the looks. Otherwise, Gregerson and Leon are gonna kind of 
battle it out a little bit. Leon's definitely getting some hype, especially in deeper leagues uh, where where people like to spec on saves. Uh, he was really sharp last year with Toronto, 70 in the third innings with a 256 ERA, 105 whip, 10.4 strikeouts, uh, just 2.9 walks. I'm on B ref. That's why I'm quoting the per nines as opposed to the percentages. But you, but you know those are both good percentages. Six and a half hits per nine. Uh, a lot of good work out of a 25 year old. A little bit of an unknown reliever. Maybe he's why they haven't gotten Greg Holland because they think Dominic Leone uh, can jump up and, and and be the guy. I uh, I love Dominic Leone. Okay. I did not know. So, so you're in on this move. Uh, I am, and I have I have a bunch of shares already. Uh, I'll be hoping to get another share this weekend at the Barf Draft uh, towards the end of my draft because he's, I mean, he's going super late. He was in my fantasy alarm column for kind of you know deep dive in for late late round targets for for saves a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, fourteen point five percent swing and strike rate uh, gets on top of hitters uh, to the tune of fifty seven percent. Uh, gets uh, people swinging outside the zone over 35% of the time. That's huge. And last year, or 16, it was 38%. Like mm-hmm. He's got some chase stuff, Leon does. And it, and you were right. Uh, baseball Reference has Leon. So we, we, we're, we're pronouncing it the proper way. Yeah, I mean, 94-mile-an-hour fastball. Uh, the cutter's nice, too. Um, you know, you want to see a little bit more from... You know, maybe a third pitch, but he, you know, he's a bullpen arm, so I guess you don't really need to. Yeah, he's got like a cutter slider hybrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, listed as two separate pitches, the cutter running in at eighty nine, which man, that sounds like some uh, bat breaking madness right there. And then a slower one, uh, which is the slider at at like eighty four, eighty five. Yeah, so I mean, he's uh, you know, right now with Gregerson kind of nicked up and being questionable for opening day. I think this is a chance for him to kind of grab the role and run with it. Um, and, you know, as much as Mike Matheny has been awful to fantasy owners in terms of, like, like you know, sending... I love being awful. Yeah, like, just making poor decisions and managing, and then, you know, not wanting to play, like, his best player in Tommy Pham last year. Um, you know, uh, you know, sending down Piscotti and Kreechuk randomly... Uh, you know, he's actually been decently consistent with his closer, as far as I can remember. I mean, he, you know, he stuck with O until the wheels completely came off. Yeah, he stuck with Rosenthal, uh, even when Rosenthal struggled. So I think if he picks a closer, he you can bank on it. I think you, yeah, I think he's like, I think he's loyal. Okay, well that 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 can be a positive for mm-hmm. for fantasy. Um, you know, the Cardinals fans might be pulling their hair out and saying, nope, take that guy out. He's not working anymore. But for fantasy, we say, oh, you let him work through some, through some kinks there. So it's not, it's not jerking him out of the lineup after, uh, or out of the role after one bad, bad night or two bad nights in a row. Let the guy kind of work through it a little bit. So Dominic Leone, even with this big 79 pick boost, is up to an average of 319. So he's still coming very cheap. Uh, you could definitely feel comfortable kind of waiting, making him your third your third guy. You have two guys that you kind of trust and then get into the St. Louis bullpen with Leon. I would probably, you know, start to inch him up over pick 300, especially with the latest. I think he'll be even higher this weekend with the news mm-hmm. that they're not going with a set closer. So it's, it's going to give Leon a real chance to to steal the job, as you're mentioning. But even if you're taking him at pick 280, that's not expensive. 
and you're getting a real like what 45% shot at the St. Louis if not higher maybe maybe he's like the 62% shot to win the win the job in in St. Louis um Gregerson's been around for 712 years and he's been trusted with the closer's role exactly once Mm-hmm. And it was because like there were no other options. By the way, Gregerson himself's going pick two eighty four. Um, so if you take them right by each other, and even if you take Leon ahead of of uh, of Gregerson, I have no issues with that. Yeah, I'm. I, I in my one of my NFBC leagues, I just invested in every single Cardinals reliever. <laughs> I got Lions. I, like I, I got Leon. It was you know fifty round draft and hold. You know I got Gregerson. Um, and I'm just hoping Holland doesn't sign there. So, <laughs> kind of hoping he is. By the way, I scooped some, saying, "Oh, Holland's gonna sign. Let's go." So, but he has not. Uh, one thing, and I'm totally gonna butcher this stat, but uh, one of my guys over uh, at Friends of Fantasy Benefits, uh, Matt Thompson, huge Cardinals fan, he's been talking about uh, that the fact that the Cardinals. Uh, starting pitchers gave up the most amount of runs in their last inning of work uh, uh, in Major League Baseball. Um, wow. And that this year, the the plan, at least coming into the season, is that Mike Matheny will not be in control of when a pitcher is pulled. So I think you could see, as a staff, the Cardinals actually improve in the ERA department. Well, that'd be nice. That, so. that'd, be, that'd be nice to see. Um so he he has too long of a hook, and they end up. Yeah, he lets his guys stay in. Runs. Yeah, lets his guys stay in just a little bit too long, and they give up the extra you know runs that end up knocking them out. So that sounds like him. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, it's it's Matheny. Exactly. <laughs> his decision making is interesting. Um, by the way, we're gonna we're gonna double back here and and talk a few few pieces of news and then and then dive back into the adp we're kind of splitting it up because uh, i realized when we were saying oh hey we have a couple things to talk about uh we didn't even mention the the one signing there there is an actual big signing that uh we did not talk about on monday's show oh, i think fig- i figured jason would want to talk about that i mean we'll give him a chance to give his thoughts this weekend but we'll figure since uh since folks are going into drafts tonight tomorrow mm-hmm. throughout the weekend we got to get it covered before that let's talk about Alex Cobb going to Baltimore um do we have to i mean i like Alex Cobb i do i was really hoping for a nice landing spot you know uh when Lance Lynn went to Minnesota i was like if if Cobb could have gone there too that would have been fine i, I would have liked to see them both go there maybe somewhere in the NL but he goes to Baltimore man and I just don't know about that. Um, here's the thing. I'm not really drafting Cobb at all. And I think in shallower leagues, there's a chance that he's not even necessarily drafted in like a 10 team. Like I, I, that's, I think that's possible. Be. And I, I agree with that. But I would want to see if that changeup is back, which he calls the thing. And if it is, I could feel confident that he's not going to go up 82 billion homers. If it's not, I'm looking at the guy who has a um, 1.2 homer per nine over his last 201 innings in 2016-17. Now it was a 1.1 last year, and it was you know that's boosted up a little bit by a 2.0 mark in 22 innings from 2016. But the but the fact of the matter is, home runs have become an issue for Alex Cobb, and I think a good deal of that is related to the fact that his best pitch, that that devastating split change, 
was not really available to him last year. He just didn't have the feel for it. Despite that, he put up still a solid season, so credit to him on that. But I just, again, I don't see him stifling the homers at a clip I'm comfortable with without that pitch in tow. So I'm I'm a little bit nervous on this Cobb to 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 Baltimore situation. I'm looking up right now, thirty only thirty seven career innings spread out over a long career. So it's really difficult to to get too bent out of shape on this. But uh, it's it's a four sixty two ERA one fifty four WHIP. It's not great. And uh, it's the, the last year he had three outings there. Cobb did five seventy one ERA with three homers. In, in 17 innings, which is a 1-6 mark. So that's a tiny sample. fact is, the way he is right now for Alex Cobb, I I can't take him with this with, with his new home park. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to be in on him no matter where he signed. Okay. Uh, this really just, you know. You want to exp- expound on that? What, the, what, what? It's it's virtually what you just said. The, like the, His best pitch, the thing that made him special is the changeup. It's not good anymore. And until, like you said, we see him, you know, improve that, you know, bring back the thing that made him special, you know, how can, how can I invest in, I mean, it improved as the season went on, but it was still bad. It was never, you know, back to being even a plus pitch, much less the elite pitch that it was, uh, you know, before he was injured. So I, I just don't have any faith. And no, there's no room for error. Like I, if he ended up with the Giants or or in a stadium that's like big, like there's room for error. Then like it can still go bad, as we saw with Matt Moore. Sure, but there's room for error. Like there's no room for error in Camden Yards and in the American League East. Like he went from like being in the American League East in its best stadium for pitching to one of the worst, if not the worst, arguably the worst for homers, especially once that once. The weather warms up. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. If he'd been, if he'd gone to the Yankees, that wouldn't have been great uh, with that short porch. But yeah, Camden. I mean, it is a launching pad. So he, had, he batters had an eighty-four point eight percent contact rate against him last year. Not hard to to put bat to ball, and then ninety-one percent in the zone. You know. When it's when it's not going well, like he just doesn't miss enough bats. He needs that pitch. Alex Cobb needs his changeup, and until I see something on it, I'm just not having him. And so I I know that's like I know he's going to get drafted in a 15 team, or I understand that you know especially with the reserves, someone will take the shot and say, hey, I'll let, I'll put him on the bench to see if the changeup returns. But for me, I need to see it before even investing. So I know my only real chance is going to be shallower leagues where he's either picked up and uh, picked and then dropped or or just not even picked to begin with and I only play in one ten team league so we'll see well, we'll see worst part tanked. about Alex Cobb is the fact that like he's going to start the year in the minor leagues oh yeah I guess you because you can't even reserve him that's like, a on great the point. DL so like well, that changes things a little bit, though, because then he'll be drafted in maybe even fewer leagues. Maybe 12-teamers say, nah, and may- maybe some 15-teamers. We- we'll-, we'll see. I and think then those I guys can. get drafted and then dropped. That, that's fine. And then I can see if the changeup works and-, and-, and get my shot. So maybe I'll end up with more Cobb shares than I think right now, but I'm not coming out of drafts with them. First off, most of my drafts are done. I only have uh two left and one's an NL auction, so that's out of the that's off the table. But 
at least having some time to see what's what with uh, with, with with Cobb will allow me to make a better decision. But right now, I say you can probably find a better arm uh, to take a shot on. In fact, transitioning back into the uh, ADP movers and shakers, we're going to get to Steven Sousa in a minute. But uh, his former teammate is somebody I could be interested in taking, Nathan Eovaldi, who's zipping up the uh, the draft list with a big 45-pick move, only up to 439, though, free. I mean, that, that's that's nothing. And I'm a longtime Eovaldi fan. I I know. I know we've we've all had pain with with Nathan Ivaldi, uh, but ten ten strikeouts and ten and two thirds this spring with no walks, strikeouts and walks are the one thing that I'm I'm really going to give any credence to. He's popping the gun at ninety nine a hundred. I I would I would take it I would take Ivaldi before I would take Cobb. Oh yeah, that's easy. I'm I'm so, all aboard the Ivaldi train because one, there's very little price attached to him at all. Yes, yeah, free. You know, uh, when he's going, he's, even with the move up, he's still going four thirty nine, like that. That's that's absolutely insane. Um, you know, he's got velocity, and the, what was the one thing we said for his last two seasons before getting injured was, man, if he just didn't pitch in New York, well, he, yes. he, he doesn't pitch in New York anymore. He's gone. He's now in Tampa Bay, a better park. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we got I think we got something here. I mean, he's still going to be age 28, not old. We've seen flashes. Here's the thing. It's the cost, right? If it cost anything, if he zipped up and you know people were going crazy and drafting him like 250, that'd be too high for me because we have to see it. And we haven't seen enough good stuff to, to take uh, Nathan Nivaldi there. But anywhere in the 300s, let alone the 400s, which is obviously a reserve pick in any format and some leagues not even drafted, I'm going to take a shot. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and roster and put him on on the bench and see what's what with with Anthony Evaldi one last time for sure. And the, I mean, there are things to be, you know, wary of, wary of with Evaldi uh, coming off of Tommy John surgery. Probably not gonna get a ton of innings this year as he kind of works his way back in. The Rays are a team that loves to bring in the relievers early. So, I mean, he's one of those guys on top of being on a team that probably isn't gonna win a ton of games for him, anyways. Uh, he's probably going to lose out on quality starts and wins as the Rays kind of employ their their reliever early strategies. So, um, you know, he's but a guy who can probably, you know, I look at all the projection systems and they all have him over four. I actually think that there's a chance he could be under four in terms of ERA. Um, I agree. And I think the whip will be better than projected too. So, like, I think he's one of those guys that, can give you some strikeouts and actually keep your ratios decent. If you, as long as you're not counting on him for wins or quality starts, I think he's a pretty nice buy late. Hopefully, we can see Nathan Evaldi turn some of his great raw stuff into strikeouts. Though he's never had like a great strikeout rate um, because he's got the blazing fastball, but then he really, he really struggles to have a consistent. Uh, swing and miss pitch like it'll come it'll come and go like he's been working on a changeup forever really um, you know mess with a split finger and that really started to give him some some work against lefties the sliders usually the swing and miss but it's not an overwhelming one it, it, it he just bounces around with that so let's see uh, if we can get some more consistent swing and miss but again this is a pick that can't really hurt you we're taking Nathan Eovaldi. Uh what's the earliest you take him pick number Hmm, I don't know, 
three three hundred. Yeah, that's the twenty fifth round in a twelve team league, so he's in he's firmly in the uh, reserves there. That's uh, the twentieth round in a fifteen teamer. Definitely take him there and uh, maybe get a more stable guy in the reserves that has a lower floor, just in he, case. He's you know, got a kinda... rough schedule to start the season too. So like, you know, the the Rays open up against uh, Boston, then New York, then Boston, then they get the White Sox and uh, Phillies. So he may be one of those guys in like a lot of formats where you don't even draft him, but you pick him up after the first week of the season. And after somebody cuts him, mm-hmm. if they do take, because they'll they'll be like, oh man, I shouldn't take. Look at this, look at this uh, schedule he's got. They cut him, boom, you scoop in, yeah. and you get yourself some Nathan Eovaldi on home versus the Boston. In the next two series are at New York, at Boston. Okay, so uh, you know, I wouldn't want to use him for those starts. So uh, no, AL only, maybe if you yeah. if you have to, basically. Yeah, even that, like, you know, just put in a reliever. Yeah, that might be that might be too dang risky. All right, uh, another former teammate of his, uh, Steven Souza, is hurt, and um, my boy. I know it's it's disappointing. Well, there's no like official out timetable or anything right now, though, right? He, he's getting an MRI today, so we'll yeah, know more. A, you know, later today, early tomorrow. He had a sh- shoulder strain, right? Yeah, he was diving for a ball and just landed on it awkwardly. I actually have the video. <laughs> On my uh, wrote a write up today, so if you want to watch the video, uh, it's you know it's grainy footage, but it doesn't even look like the ball's anywhere near where he lands. Oh my gosh, he's like dive like, on a on a ball he can't even make. Steven Souza, we don't need your fake hustle a week before opening day, dog. Yeah, come on, like seriously, dude. Like uh, this whole like diving for stuff and running into walls early in the season. Like I I hate it in season. Yeah, like don't do it. Don't do it during the actual, you know, uh, spring, spring uh, training. Like, like you've got a roster spot locked up. The team traded for you. Yeah. Come on, dude. What are you doing? So that, that could be uh, dangerous. He was already looking, you know, getting looked at a little uh, crooked eye because he's going out to Arizona with the humidor. And folks are like, well, what's, what's that going to do? I think he's got power to, to beat the humidor. I don't think he's got – I don't think he's like a fringe power guy, Steven Souza. Um, so I was fine with that, but now w- with this shoulder injury, I'm a little bit more suspect. So we'll see where he moves. Uh, let's see what's the latest on his ADP. It is 182. Um, you think this will move him back into the 200s consistently this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you. I I I, I think he w- he was kind of a cheap buy for me. Like I was all over him at the price he was. Yeah. But I think you've got to take him outside of your top, like, 220. Um, you know, until, I mean, unless we get news that, oh, this is nothing serious. This is, you know, he'll be he'll be, he'll be be ready for the start of the year. Or maybe he misses the first, you know, week of the season or something like that. But, you know, it's just, ugh. So it's got, it's got you nervous. It does. And I have a lot of shares of Steven Souza because I think the, you know, one, I, I felt like the... Uh, the humidor talk with him getting traded kind of depressed his value a little bit. And I felt like he had a depressed value coming into the season anyways. I mean, this is a guy that hit 30 home runs, stole 16 bases last year. And even if he doesn't necessarily repeat all of that, I mean, that's really nice. And like we always say, I'm a batting average kind of devaluer anyway, so I'm not as worried about 
the fact that it, you know, 240, 230, uh, you know, during the season. Um, but I, you know, if he loses some of that power because of the shoulder injury and the humidor, then you're looking at a guy that's like a 10, 10 guy. And like, that's not attractive at Sweet. all, especially with yeah, a 240 me, average. Let me get that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not, that's not great, Bob. Uh, for, for Steven Souza, so keep that in mind Pick up as Gerard you're in Dyson. your drafts. Draw Dyson, mad steals, get some early steals this uh, it, early in the season here, and then maybe just discard him. You know, get a month worth of steals, and then if you're in a shower league, you can probably move on from Dyson. He's one of those guys that probably gets picked up in shower leagues. I, I bet uh, Draw Dyson gets picked up and cut like eight times a year. And right? I, I don't by, understand by like why. Like, like he's one of those guys that especially in daily moves leagues, I love having on my roster. Because he's yes. going to get in, but he's frustrating in those weekly leagues because he may sit for two or three straight games. you know, And then get three stolen bases in one game. Yeah, he's stolen at least 26 bags in each of the last six seasons. Um, you know, and there's no cost associated with him ever. Like, he, he just is perpetually, you know, forgotten I think because about. of that, I, I think because of that frustrating... Uh, playing schedule and so Mm -hmm. he's one of those guys that i like obviously in deeper leagues where you just set it and forget it al only only, and and now nl only because he's over with arizona for draw dyson where you could just say you know what i took him and he's in and bada bing i don't have to worry about it as opposed to um something where you do have to be more aggressive uh, on taking him in and out of the lineup and it's extra work and a lot of people say you know what I, I wash my hands of this I got eight steals from him I'm I'm moving on for the next big thing because I'm looking for somebody that I can put in my so he's a little bit of a market inefficiency there if you're willing to put in the work for Gerard Dyson and now he has some playing time at least some short term playing time that could help him get those early stolen bases so keep an eye on him uh, let's talk about Ronald Acuna getting sent down not surprising you know getting that uh, getting that service time manipulation. Listen, it's it's the way it's the way to be. Like you you, you got to do it. Uh, you're a stupid team if you don't. If you just try to like, hey, we're gonna be the good team. No, sorry, the way the rules are set up. I know we don't like it. You'd be foolish, especially as the Braves. You know, the Cubs did it when the Cubs were a much better team than the Braves are right now. If the Braves were just like, you know what, we'll just leave them up. We'll we'll sacrifice that year. That'd be stupid. So they sent him down. It's going to be, you know, the the what 15 days or whatever it is. It's not a long-term situation for the most part. You seem to think that it could be longer than that though. That they could push it out till the Super 2 and really keep him down. Ron Lacuna is actually on the way up in drafts though. 11 picks to a pick 95 on average. It's what do you insane. think of Ronald Lacuna? It's oh, so insane. He gets sent down, and people are like, "You know what? Let me get, let me get this guy." This is the buying opportunity. <laughs> I just, uh, I mean, I may be wrong. He may be up April fourteenth, which is, I believe, the projected date that they gain an extra year of service time. Uh, I don't understand why, as an organization, when you obviously aren't very good and your chances of winning are slim to none uh, this year, why you wouldn't just keep him down past the Super 2. But, you know, there are smarter people in the industry in terms of prospects that vehemently disagree with me. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if you buy that, then dude has serious potential. 
like serious potential. Um, I worry that he's never struggled. I mean, if you go look at his minor league numbers, there is That's no struggle. There, there's no adjustment period. It's yeah. one of those things where Ronald Acuna busted through the minors so quickly that that pitchers never got a chance to adjust. I think I said this on the Baseball Holics Anonymous pod. As a former poker player, this reminds me of someone who sits at the table, pops a big hand, uh, is clearly a trash player, hits a big win with some donk-ass play, and gets up and leaves before you can get your money back because you know that he's going to donk off that money. Now, I don't think that... Acuna is a donk by any stretch. I don't think he's, you know, a lame player, but pitchers that might have had an idea of how to get him out and they say, ah, I'm going to learn from this. Okay. He got me today. I see, I saw a weakness in that last at bat. And the next time we face that guy, I think I've got him. You know, we've got a game plan and then he's gone. By the time they play the, by the time they play his team, the next time around, he was already up to the next level. Now that's not universally true he i'm sure there were some people that repeat some teams that repeated against him uh but for the most part when you're only spending 50 something games it's not enough time for the league to fully adjust and so he just kind of dined and dashed and said you know what i smoked you fools i'm out and he went high a double a triple a ripped the fall league apart too now you have to look at that as a positive also though right we cannot just try to look at the negative side of that and be like well he's definitely gonna fail he also just pummeled every league he was in and there has to be credit for that too that cannot be universally a negative it's not obviously but that is the one thing of like well what's going to happen when he does get smacked in the mouth by some major leaguers who say nah kid you're you're good you're going to be great but but you ain't got it right now and they're going to figure out ways to get him out so um do you think that struggle can come at triple a early on as he kind of goes through these first couple weeks or is he going to come right up to the majors and, and have that struggle maybe like trout did where he wasn't as good in his first year went back down came up and then took the world by storm yeah i was i was just pulling up trout's numbers from 2011 uh when in a 40 game sample uh, at the major league level he hit 220 281 390 is that um, good it's not i oh, don't okay. i don't think so um okay but you might translator still out 171 my, my iso but... so no, i mean <laughs> he still had a little pop there baby <laughs> he hit five home runs and bases. four stolen bases yeah and 135 plate appearances that's so. the beauty though is that he was getting his ass kicked and he still had an 89 ops plus he was still lingering saying hey i know i'm learning some things you guys are getting the best of me but i'm a 19 year old out here still learning some things that just speaks to the greatness of trout of course yeah. and i mean d- the comps that people get are giving, you know, that Acuna is the next Trout. Like, just stop with that. Like, there, there that anybody, is no true. next Trout, and it's it's exactly. like just stop it. I think he's going to be a fantastic player at some point. Uh, everybody struggles. Like, Correa struggled. Trout struggled. Harper's had struggles. Like, you've got to think at some point he struggles. And if it hasn't happened at the minor league level then it feels like it's bound to happen at the major league level. I see the upside. The upside is huge. Um, and, like, that's why people are buying it. That's why you bought it in Tout Wars. Yeah, uh, just take a shot. You know, why not? Like, uh, at the same time, I'm a little bit more risk-averse. And if, if I knew for sure he was going to be up mid-April, I'd probably th- say he's a top one 30, 140 player for me, but I just don't know if I buy it. It's a new organization. 
you know, after everybody was jettisoned uh, with, with all the issues that they had there in the front office. All the sketchiness. I wonder how they got Acuna. <laughs> exactly. Just, just wondering. Um, just. So, like, you know, like everybody's saying, well, they've brought up guys early before. Like, that doesn't apply anymore. And I'm pretty sure the GM said this week that if he had been the GM in previous seasons that he would not have advanced Acuna as fast as he did. Um, so, okay. So I don't know how you're reading some tea leaves is. here and you're concerned that it could be longer than the time period that everyone I mean, I know seems you to think, universally believe. I know you think that Atlanta has a real shot at, you know, maybe like a, well, as a dark horse, uh, not, not a shot necessarily, yeah. but a dark horse for a wild card. I just don't see it, you know? And so like, for me, like, if they start off like super hot in the first two weeks, I think they actually have a really tough schedule. Yeah, um, let's, let me bring up their schedule real quick. Um, you know, oh, they've got Washington. They're at Colorado. They're Washington Cubs. Yep. There, there you go. <laughs> so, I, th- I, th- I believed. I, th- I thought I remembered it was a tough schedule out of the uh, out of the gate. There to to do something like that won't be easy. But yeah, I have suggested that they or Philly, and of course with Philly, then adding. Um, Jake Arrieta, I've certainly moved closer to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I just don't. I don't believe. I I believe the 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 Braves organization is a smart organization, and they want to preserve this kind of talent for as long as they can. Um, And so it's in their best interest not to bring him up. If they do, and I'm wrong, then congrats on everybody that took the risk. I just I am not going to. That's fair. I, I, you know, I can't, I can't really push back on that and say that that you're crazy by by any stretch of the imagination. There, that there's no, um, there's nothing logical to to say that. Oh, you you need to jump in on him and, and take this massive risk. No, it's a, it's a it's a big risk. Uh, I'm happy to do it, and and we'll see we'll see what happens with Acuna. I would say don't get too crazy um, in your drafts. I actually felt more comfortable doing it in our 12-team mixed auction because I knew there would just be insane dirt cheap values. Like I just I knew there would be. And I'm sorry, but I'd rather put some draft capital down on Acuna than use a bunch of my in-season not that he would have ever not been drafted, but I just look at it as um, to try to spike somebody like that in season, you have to use a lot of fab, whereas I'll say let's use some of the draft capital cuz I know I can make it up in the latter portions uh with the dollar days players and i think i did just that and i think the head-to-head function of that league you know makes that strategy you know even better because you know you lose a week you know if you know if he's up in april man you you lost maybe a week week and a half exactly like but now you've got 20 weeks of this guy uh could be game changing yeah he could be a difference maker you know he you know, this guy may not be Mike Trout, but he definitely projects as a top two round pick in most formats uh, at some point in his career. So, and if it happens right away, let's go. If not, okay. You know, it it, it may not. So, uh, all right, let's talk about a few more guys here on on the movers and shakers. Lewis Brinson is looking like uh, he could lead off in uh, in Miami. You know, he got moved over in that big uh, Christian Yelich deal, kind of little bit forgotten now that he's on on uh on the marlins the the in exile if you will but i will say given that they haven't really made any other moves 
The top part of the lineup is not that bad. I, I'm going to say it. With Brinson, Castro, Bohr, Real Muto, that's a capable four right there. We'll see what a guy like Derek Dietrich, Cameron Mabin, even they could be useful pieces. The, the real duds right now, and I'm not even sure Brian Anderson's a dud. We just don't know. The real, the, the one like true dud spot that I can't really see a great path for is shortstop with Miguel Rojas. That's not any different for them, though, because they put Danny Hechevarria there for 52 years. So it's like they still just have a weak shortstop, but the rest of the lineup is not as bad as I expected because, uh, you know, when I was putting them on my I will draft no Marlins, I was really believing that Real Muto and Castro and maybe even Bohr would be moved. But they're all still there. Brinson's there. Maven, uh, once, you know, for the 80 games that Maven is healthy, he'll be very good. And uh, so, I don't know. Lewis, Brins- Lewis Brinson atop this lineup, is he is he uh, piquing your interest here at pick? Uh, let's see. Where, 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 where That would be pick 269. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, he, he does. And uh, I, I've always been a huge Lewis Brinson fan. Okay. Uh, it's you know there's obviously a ton of risk to his profile, and I'm actually pleasantly surprised they're not going to send him, send him down to AAA because in the previous seasons he's been with the Brewers, which meant he was doing AAA in uh, Colorado Springs, which is just a launching pad, and so like he wasn't learning anything because he was just crushing the ball <laughs> and crushing the just atrocious hitters or pitchers in uh, you know in, in that division that he's in. Uh, in AAA, and so, like, I really thought maybe the Marlins would send him down uh, and, you know, kind of give him an opportunity to learn, um, especially because, you know, they could hold down some service time if they sent him down for 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 a while. Uh, they're not going to, and they're toying with him in the leadoff spot. This is a guy with serious power and speed. Uh, you know, it's just, is he going to turn into a guy who doesn't strike out 30% of the time, or is he more Keon Broxton-esque? That's the difficult part. Um, I think the the price is so cheap that he's worth the gamble, because like you mentioned, the, the top of the Marlins lineup is actually fairly decent. So uh, it would be... Uh, I, think, I think he's a, a really nice buy right now. And the Marlins have no reason not to just run him out there, even if he struggles. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I I like that that they're just going to say, you know what, you're a new guy. Let's go ahead and give Lewis Brinson full leash here. Bat him at the top of the lineup. Can be a power speed guy. I'm in. I was I was uh, I've I'll loosened my stance. Like I said, once once they didn't trade a bunch of guys, I've loosened my stance. I'm back in on on Bohr and Castro specifically. Real Muto, if he falls, I can. I'm I'm still not paying the top dollar. I like Real Muto, but they could still move pieces in season. So I've still been a little bit nervous on him. Plus, I like a lot of mid tier catchers. Um, even though he's my favorite Marlin, the cost is just a little bit high for me. But then some of these back end guys like Maven, Brinson, even Derek Dietrich uh, are are a bit appealing to me. So keep an eye on Brinson. We both like him. Uh, Justin definitely a bigger fan, um, and and seeing some major upside potential. Let's talk about another prospect within that division who's getting a lot of love and also moving up. By the way, Brinson was up 18 picks to that 269. Just behind him, moving up 19 picks to 273 is Scott Kingery out in Philly. 
Buzzy named this this offseason here. They're working him out in a lot of different spots, trying to find a spot for him because he's a little bit blocked off right now. And so he's going to go down to start. Um, he's a second baseman by trade. I believe Cesar Hernandez has been excellent the last two years. You, you can't really just bump him off and say, nah, uh, we got this We got this prospect we want to try out from from scratch here. No way. That like Cesar Hernandez is a really steady player. So they've been, like I said, moving him around uh, to the around the infield, and I think even some outfield. But I would say this puts uh, J.P. Crawford. You know, got to get that bat going. The defense should be there for Crawford off the top, but you got to get that bat going. Uh, or Mike Alfranco, who certainly had a long leash. He is age twenty five this year, but uh, you know, it, it has it's regressed. It really hasn't pushed forward. And so uh, they're going to look to get Kingery in this lineup sooner than later. He had an amazing, amazing spring training. 43 plate appearances, four homers, four stolen bases, 390, 419, 732, triple slash, 7.0 opponent quality, according to baseball reference. That's double A. Okay, so keep that in mind. They have they have something uh, a formula where they take who you're hitting against in spring training and come up with a number. And that number translates to a, a certain level. 10.0 is majors. Nobody ever gets that. You're, you're always facing some sort of minor league quality. Something in the high eights is usually the highest that I've seen. Uh, that I've seen, and he's at 7.0. Scott Kingery is so he's beaten up Double A pitching, and he was a Triple A player last year. So keep those spring training numbers in mind. But it did, it did stand out, and it's gotten him attention. And they're looking for a spot for Kingery. What do you think about uh, about, about this top prospect? I love Scott Kingery. I just think that he is a five-category contributor, um, and they just gotta, like you said, they just gotta find a spot for him. You know, I, th- I think people underrated his his power, and I think uh, it'll play well enough in uh, in Philadelphia to be, you know, a guy who could hit fifteen home runs. Um, but then he's got real, he's got real speed. Um, you know, and so like, like this is a guy who potentially could go fifteen twenty this year with two seventy two eighty average, um, and uh, and, and be multi positional eligible because, like you said, they're not moving Cesar Hernandez off a of second base, and but it seems like they're willing to play him in center. They've played him at third. Um, they've played him in left uh, and in right. So like he could legitimately have you know, second, third outfield eligibility uh, and be a five-category guy. So I love him. I You know, I worry that if they continue to move him around defensively, that kind of delays his timetable because he'll need some practice at other positions. But this is also a team that's willing to put Reese Hoskins out in left field full-time. So maybe right. they don't care about defense as much as we would think. So no, a- absolutely. I mean, so maybe that that could get Kingery again. It could get him at short, even though Crawford's probably the best gloveman there. If he's not hitting at all, they can say, you know what, we'll, we'll put Kingery's you know mediocre glove at short I just think to get Franco's, that bat in there. I think Franco's the odd man out. Honestly, um, I agree. I certainly worry about him, and I love Franco, but I think the clock is ticking. I think he'll get a full month to try to do something, or else, uh, uh, or else they're going to start moving him. Yeah. Uh, but I think people in twelve team le- team leagues and deeper should uh, uh, should start acquiring him. You know, I don't know about ten team leagues, um, but in twelve team in deeper, 
go go out and purchase uh, Scott Kingery. The the price is fine right now. It's actually cheaper than I'd pull the trigger. I, I'd probably pull the trigger on him top two thirty. Yeah, something like that. Even with the uh, even with the surge, I, I would I would pull pull the trigger. You know, before two seventy three for Scott Kingery. So uh, definitely like where where he's tracking right now. Uh, Matt Kemp kind of shifting to the other end of the spectrum as far as uh, outfielders go with a, a, a potential up-and-coming outfielder um, if, if he gets moved out there versus Matt Kemp, who's a, definitely a veteran, a crusty veteran, if you will. Defense, not his thing. Also having a big spring, though. Gets a little bit higher quality uh, of opponent there, 8.3 on the old quality meter. Uh, so that's like AAA plus. 8.0 is AAA uh, and then it goes 10.0 for MLB. So there's that that whole range in the middle of like triple A plus. Playing time is going to be the the key, but he's he's there. Matt Camp is apparently he's he's looking, you know, healthier and and moving better. It looks like he's going to start as a short side platoon guy, um, but I could see him steal. Like he still hit pretty well last year. Um, like he was still a, a league average guy, just over league average, and I could see him stealing some verse righty plate appearances if he gets off to a good start. Is there any any appeal for you for Matt Kemp in really really shallow formats where I can replace him? Like when he gets hurt, I, I'm, he's not going on my DL unless I've got unlimited DL spots. He's going straight to the waiver wire because uh, I'm just not going to play the game. But as long as he's healthy, there's no reason to think like like I know Roster Resource has him projected as a short side platoon guy with Jock Peterson. Like, what has Jock Peterson done that deserves full time at bats? Seriously, and I like, love Jock Peterson. Same, same. Like this is probably the most pro Jock Peterson, uh, you know, podcast that you're ever going to find. And yet we can be honest about him. We can absolutely be honest about how how lame he's been. I mean, frankly, he's just been flat out lame. So um, I don't know. I'm getting a little intrigued by Kemp here, thinking that he's going to get some playing time, looking and seeing that the bat, you know, it, it's it's never been below average. Even in his tough years, he's still been an, a plus bat. Um, and I wonder if maybe we could see a little age 33 resurgence and uh, you know, He's I'm thinking more in the short 33. term. Like only thirty-three. Got the got the got the knees of a sixty-seven-year-old though. And like arthritic hips and yes, the hips of a fucking eighty-four-year-old. You know, <laughs> for so, sure. Uh, the schedule starts off pretty decent um, okay. for the Dodgers. Uh, two series against the Giants. Um, a series in Arizona with the humidor. Um, the heat. Let's let's keep him nice and warm in the. Yeah, uh, gets a series against Oakland, Arizona again, San Diego. Uh, so like, yeah, I mean, like he's a guy. Like I said, in, in a ten-team league, a twelve-team league, I'm more than happy to put him on you know my bench or my reserve list and uh and, and use him when when the Dodgers got him in the lineup. Uh, but the moment he gets hurt, I'm not playing around with the day to days and the, you know, he may be back in a, you know, couple, couple games or whatever. He just, you know, I'll just go pick up the next guy. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a situation where I think we have to, um, 
you know, be over the top on Matt Kemp. Uh, this, the, his ADP move jumps him to 298. So he's going behind Brinson and Kingery, two prospects who haven't really done anything. So if you're interested, it's not going to cost you anything to take a shot and say, you know what? Well, a once great bat. Let's see if there's any juice here. Um, just keep, just, just don't be afraid of Matt Kemp late in your drafts. I, I think that I wouldn't have said that a couple weeks ago because I just definitely didn't feel that way. But now I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of interested in it. All right, let's talk about a couple of big fallers. In fact, the biggest within pick 300 is Willie Calhoun. To no surprise, of course, he got sent down. There was a there was heavy expectation that he wouldn't be sent down, and so he was being drafted as somebody who was going to start the season in the majors. They decided the Rangers did to go ahead and send Calhoun down, which I think they have good cover for, where it's not just service time manipulation because he's a pretty bad defender. And so I think you can easily make the case that he needs to go down and and, and sharpen his defense up uh, so that they can feel confident putting him out there, while also having the cut, you know, ha- having the ability to say, okay, after a month we're going to get that extra year service time. It's about May eighth. Somebody uh, Scott Lucas did the uh, did the math, and I think that the date was May eighth that Calhoun would have to stay down for to get that extra year of service time. So I would plan about a month. He's minus 42 picks to 283. Are you still taking Willie Calhoun? And if so, what sort of format? Oh, May 8th. That's not too bad, I guess. Um, not in the grand scheme, but it feels so long right now. It's over a month right now. Yeah, I mean, I th- if obviously 15 teams are deeper. Um, you know, I took him in the Invitational. Uh, I'm not dropping him. Uh, he'll just take up one of my five uh, five reserve spots. Yep. Uh, I'm not dropping him where I took him either. No I way. didn't take. I didn't go after him in uh, in Tout Wars, uh, though. I wish I kind of had. Uh, so I think. It, I think I'm holding on to him. Twelve team league. I. I just think he's special. I do. Like I just. I think he's I one of that. those guys that is such an intriguing profile. It just you. He he's so bad at defense. Oh my god, he's so bad <laughs> defensive. It, it it is like if you put me out in left field <laughs> in 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 Arlington, uh, that is what <laughs> Willie Calhoun is, and that is really scary because uh, for some reason they do not want him to full time DH. Well, in his secondary position, second base is not really open. Rudnett Odor, I mean, has oh, he was a worse there. Reach. He was way worse there. Like, well, yeah, I, I think you want to hide him in left more than putting him at at second because there's no range there. And um, yeah, Odor has plenty of leash. He would have to have another half season down where his triple slash was last year to even begin to start uh, considering moving him. And I still don't think it would necessarily be Calhoun. That would that would take that spot. So I think left field DH is, is what we're looking at here. Shinsu Chu has the DH. Maybe Shinsu Chu need, needs to be playing in the in the field, even though he's thirty six. Maybe he's just the better outfield option because of Calhoun being so bad. I I, I think that is. They're just so afraid that like if Chu like has to actually like move laterally, he's going to hurt himself. <laughs> he's going to break his hip. Yeah. No, I I understand. Um, but I, I'm with you on Calhoun. Like. At the Arizona Fall League two years ago, um, in the the winter of 2016, there were two guys that stood out that they were just neck and neck in terms of offensive capabilities, and they were teammates at the time. It was Willie Calhoun and Cody Bellinger, and of course, um, 
you know, their swings, just what they were doing, the, the, the buzz they were generating was like, wow, these are both guys who can make high impact at the major league level. Where's Calhoun going to play in L.A.? Heck, where's Bellinger going to play right now? You know, because at the time, the outfield and first base were blocked off. Of course, he forced his way in. Calhoun ends up getting traded as part of the Darvish trade. Now, he he opens up his, his path to playing time a little bit. He needs to be somewhere where the DH is. But his bat, we, we were talking with it on a par with Cody Bellinger. Now, Cody Bellinger went out and had an amazing rookie season, so I'm not sure that I'm, – I'm not saying that Calhoun can do the exact same – but I'm saying he's a high impact. Like if he was starting from day one, he's a 30 homer bat to me. He is. And like, he just doesn't strike out. Like I know people are going to look at the 37 uh, plate appearance sample last year and go, Oh, well, he's, he struck out 18.9% of the time. Like he struck out like 10, 11 low for of the a power hitter anyway. Yeah. It's just such a weird profile. It's like a profile you just don't see anymore. You know, high contact, uh, does not strike out at all, does not walk at all. Um, but it's just, he, he's he got just such a sweet swing. It's just, like... It does. Uh, Built like a fire hydrant. Yeah, no, I mean, and as, like, kind of a short, you know, stocky guy, I can appreciate that. Like, you know... <laughs> it's your kind of guy. You're loving him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, like, he's going to be special at some point at the major league level. If I've got to wait till May, I'll do it. Okay. No, I, I'm. I think we're we're in lockstep there. We're waiting on Willie Calhoun. I think where you have three reserve spots, it's difficult. Uh, five is definitely pushing it. But if you believe as we do, then you're willing to finagle that. I think if you're in a draft situation and you're trying to maneuver it, then lean on some lean on some flexibility. Like maybe seek out Marwin Gonzalez and a couple players like that that you can move around to accommodate the fact that you're basically going to kill one of your one of your bench spots with a Calhoun that you want to wait on for a month. Like if you plan around it, then it's not so bad. But if you have an inflexible bench of like three outfielders, Calhoun and a pitcher, well, then you're really going to be feeling the pinch early when when uh, injuries or underperformance crop up and you want to make a move you might end up having to cut Calhoun. But if you've got, like I said, Marwin alone can do so much, by the way. But if you've also got like Chris Taylor and uh, Javier Baez in your lineup and you just have maneuverability, I think that's going to help you. So I would draft that way with with a slant toward getting a few maneuverability guys if you're going to get Calhoun as well. All right, one more big faller, and then we'll get to my my main event team. And this could could be a segue as well because he's on the main event team. Shohei Otani dropped has dropped 25 spots to pick 101. And I won't spoil it till we start talking about my main event team, but we got him even later. And because at 101, I, I still wasn't really looking at him, but he just, that seven earned run outing did a lot of damage for his ADP over the weekend, which is a little bit surprising because you hear so many folks say like, oh, you know, I don't pay attention to spring. I don't let those spring numbers impact me. And then they definitely did. The spring numbers absolutely impacted Otani's average draft position down to 101. Now, he was tracking way too high in the in the mid-70s. I will say that for sure. I was not really taking him there. Um, but the spots I keep getting him have either been late 90s or early 100s, and now he's got an ADP down there. What do you think of Shohei Otani after the uh, the uninspired spring? I mean, the spring means nothing to me. Um, Thank you. I was smart person. I was out on him at his price. Uh, I'm still out at 
101, but I'm closer. And like like you said, when we talk about your NFBC team, uh, I, I'd take them where you got them. Like you got a couldn't believe it deal. Um, couldn't believe it. I to me, it's I just don't know what the innings are going to be. Like you That's know, there, there's even talk about him going to the minors to work That's on gonna... stuff. Uh, I I think the Andrew Heaney injury uh maybe well, that, yeah, yeah kind of quells that uh f- talk that's going on um you know like i i'd love to figure out where you know maybe i'll talk to uh Derek or Ariel and uh and uh and ask them like how they came up with the projected innings of 148 147 cuz like everybody's all in line with each other you know zips is the lowest at 140 uh and then a couple or three different uh, projection systems put them at 148 like i i don't know like how you can if he throws 110 innings this year i won't be shocked if he throws 170 i won't be shocked but what do you what do you think the results are even in like one 110 120 i think the results are gonna be fine like i think he is like do i think in his first year he's gonna put up like a sub three era no but i think uh one i think he has the talent to do that like mm-hmm. watching him pitch when he is on, he is on. Um, His stuff is is gross. But I think there's going to be those seven earned run outings, and I think they're gonna be hard to predict. I would say like he's like a three six three seven ERA and nine to ten strikeouts per nine. Okay. Um, I I don't worry too much about a home run issue. I it's more a matter of how many guys he's. Uh, putting on base for sure for sure and um okay so let's see what you just described is about in, in 110 innings is about john gray's season last year which is 110 great. yeah 110 innings 24 percent strikeout rate 367 130 whip um and, and that would be pitcher now he was the starting pitcher let's see here 68. Oh, so close to being nice. Oh, my God. Guess who was 60, 69 last year on the player Raider? Mm. It's so good. It's so good. I have no idea. Luis Castillo. Nice. <laughs> so nice. Um, so, yeah. So, that was the 68th pitcher. But if that's like a floor, that's pretty good. I think one of the things that for me with Otani is that even if it's 120, 130 innings, he can be as a top thirty type pitcher, if if you know if the ratio is obviously better than three sixty seven one thirty, but if that's kind of the downside, I I got no problem taking that uh, in in the one hundreds, which is where he went, and uh, so I'm taking this discount. I just here's a cluster according to the uh, NFBC ADP over the last week, uh, pitchers forty five through fifty are uh, Alex Wood, Jeff Smarja. Trevor Bauer, uh, Rich Hill, Lance McCullers. Like, he should be in that group. That he should be in that group, and I would probably put him below McCullers. So pick one thirty three, one thirty. You know, between one thirty and one forty, I'm totally fine with. I think that's and a really nice spot. It, it gives you some safety with the with the floor, but also some really nice upside. So let's transition into the Tot Wars team so we can reveal where the NFBC team. Uh, or the NFBC team where me and my my draft partner Dusty Wagner ended up getting 
Shohei Otani. He cost us pick 147. And we set the he's the new max. Like we got him the latest that he's been going, which would have him below that group that you just named that we think he belongs with. And I loved it. I was like, yes, let's take this shot. This is the kind of shot that if he pans out to the high end is a complete and utter game changer. As our fifth pitcher, I loved getting Otani there. So we'll, we'll, we'll start with, with what you thought about that cost, and then we'll get into the team at large and your thoughts. I love the cost. I mean, 147 feels to me like uh, you got a, you know, a nice little discount. Uh, especially consider DC is men pick for the year twenty nine oh, or something like that twenty freaking nine yeah that's 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 great um, who did that I I bet you it was like really early on in oh in, for sure in draft season it had to be um, but I like it I don't know if I like it in terms of the overall construction of your pitching staff um. I I wish you had a guy I felt like was a pretty safe horse. You have a lot of risk-reward, um, and it's hard to feel like they're all going to... You, you, that, you, that you're going to have those bankable innings with Paxton, Castillo, Richards, Otani, Fulmer, Eovaldi, Garcia, and Norris. Like, mm-hmm. I wish you had added in a Samarja or added in, you know... Uh, a Quintana instead of a Paxton. I, I mean, I don't remember where, pa- where where Quintana went. I'm sure he went before you had a chance to to snag him. Uh, but like, I, yeah. yeah, I just feel like there's so much risk and reward that you really need four of those top five to come through, and I just don't know if that'll happen. I hate you. Sorry, I just I hate your guts. I don't want to hear honest talk. I want to hear you jock the team and talk about it. No, I'm kidding. Listen, I understand the volatility of the pitching uh, for sure. It, it does need – you know who I actually think that that kind of inning stabilizer is, though? I think it's Michael Fulmer. I, I really do. I, I just don't see a reason to believe that that he's not going to pitch a buck 80-plus. And so I think he's he's the guy who can kind of stabilize it there. And, but then we yeah we do need we do need a lot to go right with with Paxton Castillo Richards Otani just with volume because like Paxton's innings he could throw a buck thirty and be good and be worth the pick that we took him. But at some point we do need somebody to fill those fill that volume to make sure that we're getting the strikeouts that we need and, and the wins. But um, I think here's the, the beauty thing. of it is like you don't have like. Your your risk reward is injury. It's not talent. And that's always the way one of my teams is going to be. Like I'm just the the talent's in place, right? Um, it, we just need to see what level it's going to reach out for. And the, the 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 difference is for those that don't know is when you draft somebody and you're like, well, if he just adds that third pitch, well, if this guy just unlocks his power, like he's done this, this, and this, but if he unlocks this, but like that's skill development. We don't need skill development from these guys. The skills are there, but can they stay healthy? That is a giant open question um, because, again, the names are John, uh, James Paxton, Luis Castillo, Garrett Richards, Shohei Otani. And we could throw Fulmer in there, but again, that ulnar nerve surgery is just not something that's terribly scary. I, I'm not 
all that concerned about that aspect of of. Are you concerned that he was profile. dealing with elbow soreness earlier this spring? No, because that's kind of natural too to kind of get through it. The first uh, month or so, if you look, Jacob Degrom uh, had a little bit of the similar stuff, and even had a couple bumpy starts. I think in April before he really got going. So no, I'm not. I'm not too concerned with that. I think that once we're, you know, five six starts into the season, he'll be rolling. Yeah, I think as unless, long unless as of course he gets hurt more. As long as you can get, you know, oh, God, let's see. Quick math on, on the back of my. Quick maths. Uh, what, 450, 600, 750 innings from those five guys? Uh, so, okay. like, you know, if you can really realistically get six something from theirs, I think you'll be fine. Because okay. um, I think it'll be six, like, 100 really good innings, um, you know. You know, if you get anything from Evaldi, like I think that, and I love the Norris buy. I've been, I've been in on Norris See, I as well. Wanted in on Chris Basio, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the that's new Tigers exactly pitching why. coach, and I wanted to take a shot that he's going to develop somebody there. Now we might have the wrong one. It could be Matt Boyd that comes through. Hell, it could be one of the veterans. Maybe he unlocks something on Liriano or Zimmerman. But I, I like the work that he did in Chicago. I think he's going to work with these young guys. Uh, more so, maybe it's Fulmer. By the way, like we did get a piece with Fulmer, but I wanted one of his spec, one of the spec picks, a Boyd or Norris, and Boyd went before we could get him. Norris was there, went ahead, took a shot. So we got a couple, uh, we got a couple picks there. So I'm happy with that. And then as far as our closing goes, I think that's going to supplement us nicely too, because I think Hand and Brock are really nice. Uh, it, wow, we we really went with the Brad uh, with the with the Brad bullpen, Hand, Brock, and Boxberger. If your name's Brad, let's go ahead and get you in. Let's go ahead and get you in the bullpen here. But uh, I think we got two firm closers for a uh, uh, half year at least, right off the top. With Hand for the full year, I don't really see why he would lose his job. But Brock for the half year while we wait for Britain to come back. But I'm not sure that he doesn't just keep it. And then we got uh, Brad Boxberger and Yoshi Hirano, and one of those two could take the job. They haven't announced yet. Do I think? Um, Archie Bradley is the best guy in that bullpen 100%. I have a functioning brain. Why wouldn't I think that? But that doesn't mean that he's going to get the job because you know the sabermetric play, the 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 quote-unquote right play would be to keep him as your Andrew Miller type where you're getting him in the middle innings to get to a Boxberger or a Hirano. Boxberger specifically, I mean he has a 41 safe season under his belt and that's going to that's going to carry some weight. I'm not saying plus or minus that it should, but it's going to because you're going to have the cover of saying, hey, we're putting a guy in there that has closed before. Uh, we're putting our best reliever in a position where he can help us the most in the sixth through eighth innings, and and Boxberger's the guy. So we'll see. But right now it's up in the air. We have two pieces of it. And, of course, we have Addison Reed behind Grandpa Rodney, which I know Rodney's going to get some saves to start the season. He always does. But I feel good about about scooping Addison Reed. So I really liked our our closer situation. What'd you think about what'd you think about it? Did you see it similarly or any issues that you see? I like it a lot. I think uh, you guys did a really good job of uh, putting together a really nice bullpen without having to spend very much money for it. I think Brad Hand's job is fairly safe considering the contract extension. Uh, I agree that one Brock is going to hold down the job for the first half of the season. And I don't know what they're going to do when Britain comes back, 
But if you've got to move on from, you know, Brock, you can. You don't have to. He's still going to give, you know, nice stats even if he's not closing. I know there was mm-hmm. talk that the Orioles wanted to transition Britain back into being a starter, which just makes me laugh. LOL. Yeah, I remember, I remember hearing that. Like, come on. So, I, I mean. Come on now. Worst case scenario, you got half a season of saves from uh, from Brock, and I think he's well worth the price. Uh, I think Addison Reed will supplant uh, uh, su- supplant Rodney at some point. I think Boxberger Bo- uh, wins that job, so I think you're going to have plenty of saves. It just may not come all at the same time, which is fine. You know, that's what exactly. a reserve list is for. Um, you know, you'll you'll move guys in and out as guys gain jobs or lose jobs, and that's totally fine. Well, we also felt good to take two-thirds of that potential uh, Arizona job and say, you know what, um, if they name a guy right off the top and it's not one of our guys, well, then we can cut both. And if it's just one of our guys, obviously we can cut. We have an easy cut, most likely. And it, and it can be difficult to find a cut. Um, it, it, it can be difficult sometimes to find somebody that you really want to cut, but I absolutely dig uh, having guys that, that 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 can be moved down for the hot new thing, uh, you don't want to get too precious. There's a lot of churn in the NFPC. You don't want to get too precious about your reserve guys and say, "Oh, we just got to hold them until May first. Nope. If you see somebody better, you jump. All right, let's talk about the offense now. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and run it down, and then we can kind of take it piece by piece: the catchers, the corners, the middles, and the outfield. Uh, so the starting lineup, uh, as constructed, will be two catchers: Lucroy. And Barnes, uh, Jonathan Lucroy, Austin Barnes. Hang on, let me do this. Let me figure. I should have wrote. I should have wrote it out and shown exactly where they were drafted because that would be smarter. Lucroy was in the 18th round, or excuse me, was in the 13th round. Uh, Austin Barnes was in the 16th round. Then our corners, uh, Yonder Alonso in the 17th round, but we did favor third base. We took Anthony Rendon in the fourth and Travis Shaw in the eighth. Our middle infielders. We have uh, Alex Bregman at short. He was a second-round pick. Cesar Hernandez and Ian Kinsler as our second and mid. Kinsler in the 12th, Cesar Hernandez in the 18th. And then for outfielders, we have Mookie Betts. He was our number one pick. Christian Yelich, outfield two, was our third-round pick. Noah Mazzara in the 11th. And then um, Jorge Soler in that's pick 327. What round is that? Why didn't I label the rounds here? That's round 22. And then round 23, Dustin Fowler, the uh, top 100 prospect rookie out of Oakland as our outfield five. And then reserves of Granderson, Almora, and even took a spec on Austin Hayes since Mark Trumbo got hurt. Our utility is Logan Morrison. We needed some pop. Um, you know, he just lasted 20th round. Figure why the hell not? I'm not even a huge fan. You guys know how I talk about his punchable face, but hey, that punchable face. We need we need 38 homers again. Let's go. Um, so even even when I clown on a guy, it doesn't mean he doesn't have a good price to take him at. So there's the offense. Um, let's start with the catchers. Lucroy Barnes. Our game plan was to go in and and work in the middle tiers. And we did exactly that. We got a full time starter with Lucroy, and then a more of a spec guy that we really like. In Barnes, uh, Grandal was there, but I'm a, I've been a Barnes guy. Dusty was in on it, and I said, you know what? Well, let's go ahead and take a shot because now the price is actually falling a little bit. It was getting wild for a while. For a while there, the elbow cropped up. Grandal was named the guy, but then after we took Barnes at pick 237, the Justin Turner injury happened, which does 
give Barnes a potential windfall with Forsyth going over to third and opening up second base at uh, playing time, Barnes could actually get some more PT there. So what did you think of the two catchers? In this format, I really like it, only because I feel like these two guys have safer floors than a lot of other catchers that might have gone around there. And the last thing you want to do in a league of this depth and with these kind of stakes on the line is get negative value from your catcher position. Or have to be working the wire for catcher. Yeah, like Luke Corey's going to play. Um, yeah, we'll see We'll see what he's got, right? Now, I don't think anyone really has a great read on what he's got left in the tank after mm-hmm. a disastrous season last year. But I figured this price was was worth taking a taking a gamble. Yeah, I I think so too. And I I mean, I don't think it's that much of a gamble. Like you you know he's going, you know, he's not going to hit for like like the bad catcher averages out there. Like he's not going to be one of those 230 guys. He's going to, you know, worst case scenario, he hits 255. That's fine for a catcher, you know. Mm-hmm. You just may not get the power we saw or or the elite averages we've seen previously. Uh so at worst, he is—he's not providing negative value, which is important in a league like this. Uh, I feel the same way about Barnes, uh, and like you said, the the injury to Justin Turner opens up more playing time because I can't imagine the Dodgers really want to play Chase Utley that much at second base. Nor should they. I mean, he's a thousand, and you know, letting him spot in here and there is nice, but yeah, he should not be like he's a more main of a factor. mascot at this point. Exactly. And like a, a player manager, you know, I could totally see that. All right. Uh, our corners. And again, I talked about some a phenomenon in the piece here that I definitely struggle with, where when I'm analyzing a team and I see this kind of breakdown, because I think a lot of times, I don't know if you do this or if other folks do this either, but mentally I, I, I rank first, third and corner as like a scale, like the first baseman should be the best of that bunch, then the third baseman. And those two can kind of be interchangeable, but then the corner is usually the worst because most people set it up that way. They take their first, third, and then their corner. Well, we didn't go that way. We didn't have a first baseman that we loved when Travis Shaw was available, and corner's just another spot. Like it's not – it doesn't have to be left open for like some late-round potential scoop. We figured Travis Shaw – 30-homer hitter, has a lot of reasons to believe that that he's just going to continue to be what he was. So we went Rendon, Shaw, and then waited on first base and wound up with Alonzo, and then you can do Alonzo, Morrison mixed up there. So include Morrison since he is our utility slash another corner option. What did you think of what we did there? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind what you did at all. I really love the third base situations. You know, I'm a big Shaw guy. I love Anthony Rendon. Uh, I feel like we're... Uh, getting a nice, still getting a nice little discount because of the injury history, and we should because he is a huge injury risk. Uh, even though he was healthy last year, uh, but just the overall production, you know, guys that are going to help out in every uh, aspect of your fantasy team. I I think you'll be happy if you get one really good player out of Alonzo or Morrison, you know, whichever Absolutely. one you know flames out. You get rid of like I don't understand why Alonzo is going as late as he has been. I don't understand why Morrison is. And again, I think Morrison, I make fun of Morrison more, all the time. I think Morrison's more of a matter of he signed so late and people haven't adju- adjusted a ton. And they're just scared when when he doesn't have a job. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, because I mean, there was a chance he wouldn't get a job. I mean, we're still yeah. looking for guys like Melky Cabrera to sign. No, you're right. I just. 
38 yaks last year was pretty nice. I, you know, it came with a 246 average, but uh, the Minnesota landing spot is nice. I like that lineup. That division we talked about is is not super difficult. There's not a lot of lefties. Um, you know, you mentioned Daniel Norris and Matt Boyd, Francisco Liriano and the Tigers. None of those are particularly scary. Danny Duffy, who else? That's it for lefty starters that I can think of, of, of any prominence. So uh, in division, that's really going to help Logan Morrison. Uh, there's going to be some lefty relievers. I can't think off the top of my head the key lefty relievers in there, but it's not going to be very difficult there. So I, I liked how it turned out, even though we didn't get a top first baseman. And I like Alonzo as well. I know he, he fell off in the second half on some of the changes that he made. It's hard to sustain uh, some drastic changes for a full year, maybe fell into some patterns again. But I love the park that he's going to, also going to a good lineup, and also going to the same division that is not lefty loaded at all. Um, and he doesn't have to face Andrew Miller. You know, Morrison's going to have to face some Andrew Miller, but but Alonzo himself obviously won't have to face his teammate. So I was pretty happy with how that turned out uh, for sure and, and, and eager to see how it goes. Middles, we got Ian Kinsler, Alex Bregman, and Cesar Hernandez. Uh, a lot of the, the power-speed mix there and batting average I like too because I really think Kinsler's batting average is going to go up. I was even happier about this setup. Are you going to cold water me, or or do you, do you see it as a p- positive situation as well? I like all three players. Uh, we talked about how much uh, I felt Kinsler was a uh, uh, an underrated commodity for some reason coming into the season. He's going to get to bat and lead off on a much improved Angels team. So I, I really like Kinsler. I don't love Bregman as much as you do, and I have a little bit of hesitation with the price you paid for him like i look at your team and i go man i really like your team except for you're missing a second round pick we took alex bregman in the second round. i know you should have should have just moved him down around and taken well ideally i actually wrote that i was like you know we would have liked to get him there but it just didn't pan out that way let me look at the draft board i'm gonna give you some names and you tell me who you might have liked better Dusty is an Astros fan. I don't say that to like – I'm not blaming him for the pick or anything. I was in on it too. I took I took Bregman high in the NF, uh, NFBC Arizona Fall League draft and got a little critique for it when I took him at pick 45. Now he's moved all the way up to you know second round uh, 12th pick. Okay, here's, the, here's the, the next group of hitters that went, including our own Christian Yelich. Anthony Rizzo, George Springer, Yelich – Judge Buxton. Rizzo. Yeah, I mean, you give me Rizzo right there. You go Rizzo, and then you take either Bregman or, or Yelich. You know, and I, I'm, you know, we'll talk about Yelich. I'm not as high on Yelich as you and Vlad. So, uh, but, like, yeah, I mean, I much would have, I, I, I would have loved to have Rizzo right there in that spot. All right, so we had to take a little break there. Charlotte's vet called. Uh, she's had a little hernia surgery today and a little teeth cleaning combo. So they had to put her under. Um, they decided to get the teeth cleaned as well. She's good. She's awake. She's she's getting ready to uh, be able to come home here in a couple hours. So all good there. We were talking about Alex Bregman. I tried to get Charlotte's thoughts, but she was still a little groggy. Uh, I think she gave a thumbs up on Alex Bregman, though, so she's a little bit higher than you are. No, listen. Here, I understand it, okay? You said that Rizzo would have been a better pick there. I can see that. Like, I, I can see it. Rizzo's about as bankable as you get at first base, and I still think there's upside there, even with the the floor bankability. I think 
he's a poster boy for someone that is tabbed with no upside and it's just not true. If he hit 45 homers with a 310 average and, and won the MVP, would you be surprised? No, plus he can steal bags like he's done it in exactly. the past. Like baby Goldschmidt, like he, he not even a... like he's basically Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't had. I don't think he's had the twenty steal season or whatever. But so I, I get that. He had a but seventeen like, steal season. I mean, so that's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. We also like how dynamic Bregman is with the second, or excuse me, with the short third. Um, twenty five, twenty five. I think is is a realistic upside. Even more than that. Even if it's just you know he was nineteen seventeen last year, homer stolen bases. If it's twenty twenty this year, but with like a three hundred plus average and a hundred plus runs, I think we can do. We could get that, and that wouldn't surprise me. So it's a guy we both like. We went ahead and took him. I think if we're not Texas-based and thus a little bit more in tune with Bregman, I don't know that we take him. I think there is a little bit of bias playing there because we are more familiar and comfortable with him. Um, I think he was probably – he or the uh, uh, um, Rizzo or his teammate, George Springer, Bregman's teammate, were probably the only other two considerations. Would you have preferred Springer there? Yeah, I think I would. Okay. But I mean, for me, it's the, the clear choice is Rizzo. You know, R- Rizzo to me, it seems a tad bit criminally was even available for available. you guys. Like yeah. I, I feel like, like that's going, a huge steal. Like Bellinger going before him, I like Bellinger, I do, but I, I, I don't see that. Yeah, I, I don't. I, we've talked, we talked about on the first base pod. I sure. think, I think, I think Bellinger is. I think you're paying for for the ceiling right now on on Bellinger. Sure, and you could say that about Bregman too. Mm-hmm. I, I can c- completely understand that. I just think you had uh, a shot to get Bregman on the wraparound. Like, how cool would you the top of your roster look with Betts, Rizzo, and Bregman? And that, yeah. Or and if Bregman goes, then we just go Yelich, who we did take in the third round instead of having both just get one and get a little bit more stable guy. Uh, a little stable power source because power ended up being something that we are a little bit light on. I understand it. Um, also could have looked at a pitcher. Verlander, Severino, DeGrom went. DeGrom was somebody we were definitely talking about. Uh, he would have been a snap pick in the third if he had been there. He was not. The Trout owner went. Severino, DeGrom. Nice little back up there with Trout. I like that. And then Incarnacion and in. Carnas, people are still going to say I say it wrong and it pisses me off so much. I never want to talk about that player again. E5. E5. N car na own. That's what it says on baseball reference, UMFers. You guys are in my head though. <laughs> I, I hate I hate every one of you with a burning passion. All right. Um let's, well, let's run, run down who went um in between your picks again of uh of Bregman and Yelich. D Gordon, Justin Verlander, Sevy DeGrom, Rizzo Springer. Hmm. Okay. Those six. I'm surprised more pitchers didn't go. Yeah, I was. I was uh, honestly, unfortunately, the one that we really wanted went. The next up was Carrasco, though, so I could understand why there was a little bit of a lull there. Um, I like Carrasco. By the way, we should mention he got hit by a ball. We didn't. We didn't. Should be fine. We, we've been kind of sporadic. We've been kind of bouncing around. Yeah, but he did get hit by a ball, which is a little annoying, as you called him, the magnet. <laughs> the dude is a magnet for the ball. Remember when Ian Kinsler hit a batted ball off his wrist? Like he's just a magnet for BS injuries. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he has that many arm injuries or like pitching related. They're all these like running out to first, ripping your groin, getting hit by a batted ball, busting your wrist. Like, damn it. Where's some armor? You just put him out there in armor. Is that you think that'll affect his pitching? I don't. I think, I, I think he could have some mechanical issues. 
Uh, I don't know, man. I, th- I think we disagree on that. Agree to disagree. My least favorite phrase. <laughs> when somebody says when they're wrong and they don't want to keep talking, they're like, agree to disagree. That's what I said to my wife all the time. You just you, you, Sometimes you got to with right. the wife, though. Yeah. With, with the significant other, sometimes you just got to say, you know what? This is not my fight. This is not the battle for today. Uh, all right, let's continue on here. So despite not being as high on Bregman, you like the other two middle infielders? Yeah, no, I love Kinsler. I love, you know, we talked about Cesar Hernandez even in this episode. I think his job is yes. safe. Uh, he is going to be a, a really nice uh, source of runs, average, and stolen bases. Um, you know, you'll figure out, you know, he, you don't need him to hit home runs. You know, Exactly. If you, he does rise up and try to hit like 15 or something, great. But that's not six. It would be fine. We, we need the speed, the average, and the runs, as you mentioned. He's uh, DJ LeMahieu light. Yes, and much, much cheaper. Uh, all right, let's hit the outfield. And it's Betts, Yelich, Mazzara, Soler, Dustin Fowler to start. Although if Fowler goes down, then Curtis Granderson will go in. Uh, Almora and Austin Hayes. Granderson, Almora, Hayes are the, the reserve guys. So it lacks a true bopper. I understand that. And that also lends credence to your notion that maybe Rizzo was the pick um, in the second round. I can, I can understand all that. But this is who we've got. We got our two studs that are power speed guys with Betts and Yelich. They're they're five tool like they're everything guys really. And then breakout Betts with Mazzara and Soler. Different levels. Like we you know we feel pretty comfortable that Mazzara is going to give a solid season, even if it's a repeat of last year. Pretty solid with the potential for growth. And then Soler really has to do something. But he's having a big spring, a little bit of a hype beast, but not so expensive that it wasn't over the top hype by any stretch. I think uh, I think the six spring training homers are putting him on the map a little bit. Eight point one opponent quality, so just basically triple A. Um, it's time to do something. I know he's only twenty six, so even if he flopped this year, they were we're still going to be saying next year oh, he's just twenty seven. I think this is kind of a put up or shut up year, though. This will be the last year I really invest in Soler with any sort of real hype. So I kind of liked him, and then Dustin Fowler. I think it was a sneaky little pick too. It could be big speed guy. So what did you think of the outfield? I think you had a couple sneaky picks in the outfield. I, I like Dustin Fowler a lot. Um, for those who don't remember him, he got his uh, major league call up with the Yankees last year, and before even getting his first major league at bat, he destroyed his knee on a electrical box that exposed. was unexposed. Electrical in, box. Yeah, that he's now or in the process of suing the White Sox for. Yep. Guaranteed rate field is being sued f- for this. Honestly, like just thinking of that, bashing your knee into something like that hurts my knee. It's like one of those things that I just feel. I was watching it live, and it was uh, so bad. It was so gross, and you just felt so bad for the kid because I mean, this is a guy who is he didn't really, even get to bat. Yeah, he didn't even get to bat, and then he gets traded away from the Yankees over to the A's, which is actually probably the best thing that could happen to him because they're sure. they don't want to play. Book Powell in no. in center field, so uh, I think there's a legit shot that he's up by April 14th, April 15th when I think his service time uh, they get an extra year of service time. Okay, uh, and I think he is. I think Has he been sent down yet? By the way, Dustin Fowler. I don't believe is he has officially been sent. So down. So he is still lingering, but there is a certainly a chance that he could get sent down for a little extra service time yeah which I mean, we under which we understood that's why we took granderson especially with the a's i mean the a's are a money conscious organization 
But the A's also want to win. Like, they wouldn't have made the Lucroy move had they, you know, had they not wanted, you know, thought that they had a chance to win. Right now, Roster Resource still hasn't penciled in the nine spot. Uh, I don't think he would be there very long uh, because, I mean, he actually has a pretty decent hit tool. Agreed. Uh, and, I, you know, he's got, you know, enough pop to be interesting. I think more power will develop as he as he kind of matures. But he's got speed. Like, dude can easily steal 25 bags this year uh, and hit, like, 270, uh, 270, 280. I know, I know the projection systems have him way lower in terms of batting average. I think his hit tool is, is better, obviously, than they do. Um, and so, you know, you, you wish he'd walk a little bit more, but, you know, as long as he, he's making good contact, I think he'll be fine. I, and I really liked Austin Hayes in that outfield. Um, he gets former hype beast at the beginning of spring. And then as it was kind of clear that he wasn't going to start with, cause they, I remember, you know, early, early draft season when you and I, like there, there is no down period with draft season. You and I were already doing stuff in November. You had your mocks running. Um, and then the, the websites all started picking up their mocks. Uh, he was a guy who was getting drafted regularly because people were, oh, he's going to start the season. Well, then they brought in Colby Rasmus as a non-roster invite, and it really started to look like he was going to have to start the season down. Now Mark Trumbo's hurt, and there's a chance, and, and Austin Hayes' price has really fallen off, so we kind of liked him as a nice little uh, little upside gamble. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, again, another guy that I think is – uh, isn't given enough credit for you know kind of things he did in in the minor leagues in terms of his hit tool. Uh, you know, it doesn't have much speed, but dude has pop. Pop thirty two yaks last year between uh, high and double A. Skip triple A made a little debut, uh, sixty three plate appearances. Nothing special. In fact, pretty bad. Forty one WRC plus um, in September. Not really going off of anything on that at age 21 but age 22 go down for a month do do some triple a work maybe a couple weeks maybe break camp again he could be an easy cut though like we're not going to hang on to him forever if if somebody pops up early and um we you know we don't have anybody to cut from that diamondback situation just yet or something like that hayes is pretty high on the cut list but for now as we kind of wait for things to shake out in camp we figured he was a good a good last gamble there. Yeah, the hard part with him making the team is they have a rule five pick that they're going to keep in Anthony Santander. Okay, so yeah, he's he's got it, and he's an outfielder. And yeah, well, he can play some first base. And Chris Davis is a little banged up right now. If Chris Davis and Mark Trumbo start on the DL, then they could slide Santander or oh, okay. uh, um, or Trey Mancini into first base, and that would open up a spot. So I think like let's keep an eye on. You know, on Chris Davis, if if his injury makes him miss the start of season, I think Hayes uh, gets sent down. But like, if Hayes gets sent down, he's going to be back up. I mean, there there there's room on this roster for him. They don't need to be starting Alex Presley. No, um, especially if he does what he did last year and has done throughout his minor league career. His his triple or excuse me, his WRC pluses, um, 2016 in in Low A, 168. In high A last year, 167. In double A last year, 161. Now, it's small samples across the board, 38, 64, 64 games respectively. But he's been crushing the ball, Austin Hayes has. So I, 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 I liked him. I thought, you know, they don't have many prospects. But as far as uh, their prospects go, he's a pretty good one for them, Austin Hayes in, in Baltimore. Uh, all right. So the overall assessment of the team or, or any other thoughts on, on the outfield? What, what do you think about uh, uh, Jorge Soler 
uh, potential breakout. Oh, they're cutting my grass. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, they're in my room. Oh, they're. Oh, wow. Well, you basically obviously the carpet needs a, a little bit of uh, shearing. Well, uh, trim. I don't know. I I worry that Solaire is never going to figure it out at the major league level. Um, and you know, I, I can't say like, I don't care about spring stats with Shohei Otani and then be like, Oh, Solaire's hitting a bunch of home runs in spring training. This means a million things. Yeah. Yeah. Like the one thing about Solaire is Kansas city has to play him. Like they're not going to sit him down. So like for sure, they, they need to just give him a run. He's 26 years old. He's out of options. Um, you know, he's going to play every day. Uh, you know, there's some batting average risk to him, but I think you've got plenty of batting average on the team to make up for it. Um, and you need his pop. So I, you know, I, I think he's going to hit for, I think he's going to hit home runs. Um, I think he's going to hit 20 of them at least. Uh, he could hit 30, uh, but I think it's going to come at like a 240 to, you know, average at best, really, you know, 240 to 250. Um, and that could, be a little bit frustrating. Uh, so I, overall, the team I think is uh, it's well constructed. I think it has some some risk reward to it. Uh, do I think as constructed, it's a you know overall winner? Probably not. Um, but I think I don't it think has... we do either. Though I, I I think anyone who comes out of the draft thinking that their team is ready to win the overall is fooling themselves. The NFBC. And a lot of leagues really are about about working the wire and, and winning over the six months. And I think that's where we're, real, we're really going to take the next step. Dusty uh, was basically trained under a, a, just an elite uh, NFBC fabber named Steve Japinka. Um, learning from Dusty last year about how to nail hit, hit these bids to where you're not spending excess dollars and still getting the guys that you want on your $1,000 budget was very eye-opening and really, really intriguing. It actually made me better at bidding in my other leagues. Just, just the 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 process of of thinking it through and not just saying, oh, let me get this guy. Let me let me put, uh, you know. 180 on him no 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 that guy's gonna go for 62 don't don't waste all that all that fab there so i think that's where we're gonna get uh, a big advantage we're already in chris Liss's head he's already thinking oh dusty's so good at fab but they're not gonna be ready for my bid <laughs> so we're gonna bankrupt him by memorial day i think the the latest is uh, that he'll have money on a one thousand dollar budget is memorial day and then he'll have no 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 zero dollar players either so when, once we bankrupt him it'll be great I think if you go like category category by category, uh, I think you've got three categories that may be troubling. Um, okay. In, strikeouts. Uh, well, I was gonna say strikeouts are probably okay, but wins. Okay. If, if you if you get guys that you know uh, could potentially, but maybe strikeouts too. I I think you got enough strikeouts in your in your bullpen, and then on top of your starters, I think you'll be fine actually in strikeouts. For me, it's wins. Home runs and RBIs, um, super fair. Yep. Uh, but I think those are things that you can make up for as the season goes on. I think, especially the wins piece. Yeah, I, and I think you know power is everywhere. You know, especially if the ball That's doesn't the change. If it's as everywhere as it was last year, yeah, there's going to be some. There's going to be this year's Logan Morrison's and Justin Smokes and Yonder and, Alonso's and exactly. And so if we find those guys and plug them in. 
I think there's going to be there's going to be moves to be made. I'm I'm excited about the foundation that we laid here. I I, re- I really do like the way this team is. I've I've you know had some pushback in the comments that I totally understood, and I say okay, I get it. The things that you're saying make sense. Did have one thing in the comments that made no sense: the idea that our number one pick was too safe and doesn't have upside with Mookie Betts. That that just makes no logical sense whatsoever. Listen, like people all the time think that a league like this, which has an overall prize, the way to win it is uh, is by shooting for the moon on every pick. Yes. The problem with and that I is disagree. those are completely high variants. I had a long conversation with uh, with Rob Silver about this for former NFBC overall winner. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And what he says is like that's the exact opposite of what you want to do because ultimately, like those guys are only going to hit thirty percent of the time. If you got a team of guys who are only going to hit thirty percent of the time, good luck having all your guys hit. You need a perfect world scenario. Like, and and yeah, that that's great if it could come through. But like, you can also take chances and have some stability and not need every single thing in the world to go right to win it. Like. There's a path to this team winning it, and it does need in-season work, but it is a six-month grind, and we're going to be on that grind every single week. So don't take any weeks off if you're in the NFBC. Well, actually, do take weeks off. Enjoy your enjoy your family vacations. <laughs> don't don't worry about fab every week. That's dumb. Who wants to do that every single week? That no. Well, no, and no. you don't have to fab. I think the the categories that can be difficult to fab. Like you don't like if you want a clinic on how to put together a 15 team league that uh, w- w- that has speed without getting one of like this like top speed threats. Like you guys did a really nice job of of getting a bunch of guys who can steal 10 to 20 bases. Like you have no like and that- burner on your team. It's just a bunch of guys, and so that way, like if you lose your D Gordon, you lose your Billy Hamilton, you're screwed. Bingo, and we don't have that guy, and I think we have that with a lot of our uh, a lot of our guys there, where we don't have just that one thing. We don't have a DJ LeMayhew. It's like he needs to hit three thirty. No, we have a lot of guys that hit for batting average and steal, and even our saves are spread out. And so the two two things that are available on like you, you'll see them uh, more pointedly in Fab potential with uh speed and saves they're also the most expensive because everyone's chasing them we don't have to be chasing every every speed and saves uh, asset that comes up uh we can go for power guys and yes power guys are going to draw attention to especially if they're you know having this big breakout situation like uh eric thames's april last year the guys who mentioned smoke morris and alonzo etc 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 but i don't think they're nearly as expensive mm-hmm. and um, i mean the guys we- that will be coming up for the miners that have power, like, you know, the Kyle Tuckers and things like that. Like, you're not going to have to, you know, some some people are not going to want to drop their, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good good guy. Uh, you know, some people aren't going to want to drop, uh, God, now, of course, you can't drop. find any power, power guys. <laughs> yeah, drop their, uh, Hunter Renfro's like, for, uh, yeah, for, for a Kyle Tucker. That's a good one. You know? Um, they're not going to want to drop their their Matt Kemp's if Matt Kemp is hidden, um, or, or even like Trumbos. their Stephen Piscotti. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I just think I agree, I, and and so I, I, I'm really excited to, to keep going with this team and and, and see how, how it it pans out. It was not 100 percent to game plan. We expected to have a an ace uh, out front there, and it just didn't work out. So we went with the four hitters. 
No Ozzy Albies. Uh, no Ozzy Albies, which was crushing. He went in the fifth round. We were never considering him at 5.4. It just, nope. I, I'd, I'd sold, I'd successfully sold Dusty on, on the sixth round. Um, you know, lay, laid out my game plan for how there's still upside even with a sixth round pick. Wasn't happening. And considering that the guy who took him at 5, uh, 5.9, a.k.a. pick 69, by the way, nice. Um, considering he took him there and would have had another pick, he was never making it back. Cause even if he passed him there, he would have said, okay, well, I'll get him in the sixth. So he was going to have two shots at him and it just wasn't going to happen. So despite that, despite no true ace, I love Paxton, but no bankable, you know, done 200 innings before Jacob deGrom type, which is who we were really looking at there in the, uh, if he had fallen in the second round, well, he did fall in the second round. If he had fallen in the third round, we wanted to go bat bat starter. Um, without that, I still think we we made it up nicely. We do have a lot of risk with Paxton Castillo, Richards, Otani. All four of them are not going to pan out to their peak. We understand. But if one throws 180 innings, he's the ace. Like we get, yeah. we get the ace. We took you know we have and four really, shots at getting a super ace. Like I know like Luis Castillo's projections aren't amazing, and I'm not the Luis Castillo truther that you are, um, or that that Nick Pollock over at Pitchers List is. Um, <laughs> And I hate the fact that I every time I type in Luis Castillo, the 42-year-old Luis Castillo comes yeah. up. Because yeah. um, uh, that's super annoying. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, like I don't understand. He pitched 169 and two-thirds innings last year between yes. AA and the major leagues. Yeah, skip AAA, by the way. Yeah, like why is every projection system having him below that i don't know like i'm guessing they assume that he's going to spend some time in triple a yeah or just or that trying to bake in some like this is a guy that should go 180 right i certainly think it's possible like even if it's 180 and it's uh, you know not a 312 era again but more of like a 360 i'll take that because 180 it's probably going to be 200 plus strikeouts if it's 180 plus innings for Luis Castillo. Like that stuff is so good. Even if the ERA and WHIP are a little bit higher, the strikeouts are going to be there. I'm I'm fairly certain about that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's no reason to believe that he's going to pitch less innings than he did last year. Yeah, and, oh, you know, uh, unless so. you know something about about his health, if you can predict the future, but otherwise, there's no reason to believe that that he's he's not going to be pitching um, at at a high level for 180 plus innings. So I really like him. You know, Castillo, or excuse me, Garrett Richards, of course, big gamble with his health, but he's done it before. We've seen 200 plus innings. Um, Paxton, give me give me 160. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be greedy. Just give me 160. And Otani's a wild card, of course, can be from anywhere from 100 to 160. Um, and the results can also be a, a bit of a wild card, but 10th round, pick 147, it was too easy not to take him. So I like the team. I understand the flaws. We'll be working on them. I'll keep you guys updated on how the team goes throughout the season. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Justin, how many more drafts you got this week? I think we talked about this on Monday, but I forget. I got the Barf League. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the middle of a sl- NL slow auction. Okay. Um, where I've gone like stars and scrubs, and this is this was a mistake because <laughs> I'm seeing all oh, these no. deals going by. You're like, no, I can't get any of these nice guys. But like, you know, you know, like you you play in a lot of leagues. I know you've cut down a lot in recent years and stuff. But 
like there's always like that last draft of the year and stuff where you go, all right, this is the time I'm going to go get the guys that I haven't had enough shares oh. of this year. Oh yeah, definitely have done that. Where it's like, okay, still going to try to get some of the guys I love, i.e., you know, mm-hmm. Albies and whatnot. But let's get let's get wild and woolly as well. So yeah, so I mean, right now. Let's see. I've got uh, Yasmani Grandal, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Travis Shaw, uh, Manny Marco, Louis Brinson, Scherzer, Kenley, Cueto, and Jimmy Nelson on this team, uh, which I really like the start for an NL only. Uh, but I now have, uh, let's see, I have 35 bucks to get 16 players. <laughs> Woof! You so, better get in those. You better get in those. going to be a uh, lot of dollar pitchers. Sleeper picks, yeah. So, but with like a Scherzer and a Jansen already, well, like I can, I can do a lot of for two. No, nah, he he went, dude. I oh, mean, I'm in this league. Like, up. yeah, a, everybody up. just you know. I think he went for six bucks, and I was just like, I just, I, I, I would do it if I had money, but I don't have money. But so. you just don't have the cash. Yeah, they they knew that they could push him up to a level where you just had to bow out because of cash. So, well, good luck with everything. Um, we'll be back next week and. We're inching closer and closer, and then we'll have, what, a couple episodes? Actually, the Thursday episode, Thursday's opening day, right? It's, it's the, the joint opening day. Everyone starts on the same day, and it's a Thursday. Yeah. So we'll, we will have actual baseball on during next Thursday's episode. We'll do something early in the week, kind of put, put a bow on spring training, and then we'll be in season. And I cannot freaking wait. By the way, the Roto write-up is, is in full swing now. That's uh, right. We're doing that. Mike Werner, so that's great. Bullpen report will be starting soon. So we we're we're here. We're here. And then what is it now? Ten hours until MLB the show's eighteen. <laughs> I will be on Twitch tonight at around ten central. Have kind of an hour hour countdown, and then we're going live with eighteen, and I cannot freaking wait. All right, Justin. Great talk, and I will talk to you next week. <laughs>